Hello, bonjour and salam alaikum. Welcome to Stand Out from the Crowd, the first live podcast about no BS leadership. So if you like us, tell your friends and colleagues to go over on Apple Podcast and Spotify to give us a five-star review because listen, the stories we share on this podcast are worth it. We are worth it. Don't you think so? I hope you do. So we live in Canada, the beautiful land of opportunity and the beautiful land of indigenous people. The question we are asking today is how does an indigenous entrepreneur choose heritage and a commitment to the environment to redefine beauty standards? Our standout guest, Vanessa Marshall, is a proud Edmontonian and Métis woman who has dedicated her time, effort, and passion to creating high-performance, sustainable hair care products to do her part in eliminating plastic from the landfill and cutting harmful, unnecessary ingredients from our beauty routines. With a background in chemistry and a fixation on solving the pH problem in shampoo bars, Vanessa founded Jack 59, a woman-led indigenous-owned beauty brand. Join us as we delve into her extraordinary journey and explore how her indigenous roots have shaped a groundbreaking, sustainable beauty brand that's making waves in the industry. Hello, Vanessa. How are you doing? Good morning, Doreen. I'm good. Thank you for having me today. I'm honored to be here. I was at a conference two weeks ago and Vanessa was one of the panelists. And when she shared her stories, I was so touched. I asked her if she would be willing to come on the standout podcast to share it with us. So thank you again for accepting my invitation to become a guest on this podcast. And I'm going to be very honest and transparent here today. I'm an immigrant woman to Canada. And, you know, as an immigrant to this country, I have learned to appreciate Canada as a land of opportunity, but also how precious this land is, the land of indigenous people. But I would confess that I feel I know too little about the indigenous heritage and the, the, the history. So let me ask you this first question, Vanessa. Preserving traditions. Can you tell us more about how your family's practice and your heritage shaped the woman you are today? Absolutely. That, that is a loaded question right there. I like to tell people that there's actually really two aspects to that. Um, one of the biggest aspects to that is that actually, you know, there is a lot of Indigenous culture that really wasn't passed on from the prior generations. So I often feel like I'm learning my heritage, um, you know, along with people like yourself, where, you know, the basics are there, we have, you know, the, the feel of it, you know, I have it in my heart. But when it comes to actual ceremonies or traditions, um, I'm relearning those as I go as well. Um, that has a lot to do with, you know, some of the things that I talked about in the panel, which were, you know, generational trauma. There's things that are passed on from generation to generation, um, indigenous cultures, and not always. I mean, it's not a, you know, it's not an everybody's story. And I mm -hmm. always like to reiterate, I know we mentioned this, but this is not, um, I never look at this as like a victim type situation. Mm -hmm. You know, there was generational addiction in my family. And mm -hmm. I, 
I was in extreme addiction throughout a lot of my adulthood, but um, I'm going on in, in January, it'll be going on nine years that I'm clean and sober. And thank you. <laughs> you know, you know, I do pride myself in that because there's not a lot of people that make it out of that. And um, yeah, so I, I really feel like that is one of my biggest success stories is really trying to break that cycle for my children and, you know, bring back that traditional thinking and those skills that that bring us back to the land and back to nature. And one of our biggest, um, you know, assets, I guess, is that we actually grew up in rural Alberta, really close to the land. So producing food, you know, naturally from gardening and herbs and, and wild uh, flora that grows in our forests. There's so much food to be produced there, right down to the traditions of hunting. And, you know, so things like, uh, like ruffled grouse and moose have been, you know, fish, walleye, they've been a huge staple in our diet. So, Passing that on to my children and having that connection to the earth is a huge, um, like it's a huge piece of my heart. And I, and I love to share that with my children. But, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of pieces of our culture that that were lost and, and not necessarily lost forever, not as if they're gone, but we're relearning them. And, you know, with the help of my mother, my cookum. Uh, so my mother's mother is has passed on now. And and she, you know, unfortunately through her pain and um, trauma, she wasn't really willing or able to pass a lot of that on to us. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there, there is definitely some sadness and loss there, but, but also, you know, the, the strength and an incredible woman that she was, you know, my mother is now got to take that. And now I get to pass that on to my daughter as well. So, that when 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 people talk about strong resilient indigenous women it it is absolutely um you know a statement that means the world to me because indigenous women are very powerful women for sure oh they are and 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 they're carrying on a lot and how all those aspects of your cultural heritage or the things that you are learning by yourself right that maybe you didn't get the chance to inherit it from your from your family, how does it influence uh, the, the leader that you are, the entrepreneur, the woman entrepreneur that you are, and more specifically when it comes to that approach to sustainability? Yeah, I mean, that 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 cultural heritage really is the reason why I chose to do the, the products that we do right now. Uh, mostly our, our hero products are our shampoo and conditioner bars. So it's a solid form of shampoo that you take into your shower and it looks like kind of like a bar of soap. And then once it's gone, it's gone. So we really are wanting people to, you know, challenge them in the way that they view product packaging. And, you know, along with that, so what we found with a lot of the indigenous youth is that they're getting a, a, like a climate change anxiety. So not only the youth, but also older people that are concerned about our earth and what's happening. So we really wanted to give some people something tangible that they could hold in their hands and know that they're making a difference in climate change. And, and you know, it could be something very small. It, it feels like it's small. But to date, we have helped eliminate over 700,000 plastic bottles from entering the environment. And that really is part of the 
you know, what, what I really want to accomplish is have that uh, communal type effect on the environment. One of the biggest pieces that we're noticing in, you know, recent trends and the, the research that's coming out is one of the biggest things that we can do to affect climate change in a positive way is to allow our forests to uh, revitalize themselves and to allow them to just kind of grow and be how they are. So I really believe that we are having a big impact on that. And, um, you know, lessening what goes into the landfill is always a win-win. So I think just having that it really empowers me to, you know, you get through those highs and lows and, um, and, and it gives you that will to keep going and, and knowing that you're making a difference. Um, was entrepreneurship part of your uh, family? Did you have any role model? How did you go from, you know, going to university, studying uh, chemistry, being uh, uh, getting ready to become a pre-med to shifting and becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, so really, I think my entrepreneurship stemmed out of a huge frustration that I was having. Not only, you know, I, I, I often am a voice for Indigenous entrepreneurs, but also women entrepreneurs and and women in the workforce in general. I had been a dental assistant most of my adult life and I'd been fired from many jobs if, you know, my husband was the breadwinner. And if we had a sick baby, for whatever reason, one of us had to stay home, it was always me. And there was never any leeway into, you know, there was never any allowance for me to do that. So I I had a bit of... um you know, I really wanted to change the way that businesses were run and the way that women are employed. So that also along with my father was an entrepreneur, um, my brother is an entrepreneur, my sister. So the the spirit is definitely in our family. And I think I just, you know, what what really was the catalyst was those indigenous values and the the will to want to change um, make a difference in the environment, and then also add in how I wanted women to be treated differently in business. It really gave me a drive to to create a business that was incorporating both of those aspects. And um, and now we have sixteen women that we employ, and we get to offer them you know living wages and flexible uh, work hours, along with we just actually uh, brought in benefits. So. Yeah, I'm pretty. Wow. Well, yeah, you're sharing a lot of wins with us. I love that. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> um, you know, you said something interesting. You said uh, I spend most of my adult life um, as, a, as a medical assistant, a dentist assistant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the, it echoes to something that I hear a lot from women from all ages is, oh, it's too late. Oh, I should have started earlier, you know. And you are here standing in front of us and telling us how you built such a successful, and we're going to go further details into the success stories of your business and telling us, hey, this is what I have done all my life. And then I decided that it was time for me to, to do something different. So did you have any pressure from society, maybe from yourself, any doubts? How did... Tell us a little bit more about your thought process from deciding to leave a career to start a business, uh, maybe mid-age and, you know, having a successful then uh, company or believing that you could do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
I was, you know, over 40 when I started my business, when I, I stopped doing my traditional work and um, entered into the entrepreneur world. And there was not a lot of support. Realistically, even people in my family were afraid um, as to what was going to happen, how I was going to have an income. Uh, and in all honesty, it was an expensive hobby for a, a few years. Uh, I, I wasn't as serious as I could have been in the beginning, but um, yeah. So uh, you know what? Realistically, there there's grants, there's funding, um, there's all kinds of things. There's support groups. So I say absolutely take the risk if you if you want to do a change in your life, become an entrepreneur. Um, absolutely, it's worth it. And being a little bit older, I, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I do feel that women don't really get the their voice. They don't really get that until they're a little bit older and they kind of listen to what other people are saying. And, and really, I wish I would have gained that a little bit earlier in my life, but that strength and, and will and determination comes with age. And I think that makes you stronger and it, and it becomes an easier uh, endeavor, the older that you get to do something different. That that's very true because I don't know where does this idea comes from where, you know, you have to be young in order to start something successful. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't reached all your goals by the age of 30, basically you are done. This is a pressure that I have myself. So I can completely relate to that aspect where I even never thought about planning goals beyond my 30, because in my mind, being a young woman, I would have achieved everything by my 30 and would have been successful by the age of 30, right. which obviously did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> not the way I had envisioned it and not the way I had planned it. And I remember having a breakdown because I thought I was too old. I thought it was too late. I thought I had missed something. Like that was very, very, a very difficult transition for me. But then as I entered my 30s, I realized, and I'm still in my mid-30s right now, and I'm realizing how much it feels good. To be yeah. in my 30s because of everything that you, you just shared. And when I talk about this with other women older than me, I keep hearing the same thing. Wait until you reach your 40s or wait until you, you reach your 50s, right? So I think as women collectively, we should stop put the pressure on ourselves that there is a, a, a timeline or there is an age limit to what we are supposed to achieve because as we grow as we 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 become wiser i want to say we learn so much and we we build that voice that we can use for ourselves and for other women as we go through life right experiences that we don't have when we are in our 20s mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with you. And and you're right. You mean we become stronger individually, but also as a collective, we become stronger. And and we have the voice. It's in there. We've always had it. It's just yeah. you're, you're now strong enough that you get to, you know, you get to hear your voice yourself and you get to say it and stand up for yourself. And that is amazing. It's such an amazing feeling when you yeah, really yeah. you're fighting for what you want and you're going to get it. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And and so you have received several awards. So let me take a look at it. You have received the Indigenous Entrepreneur of the Year and the Indigenous Entrepreneur Award. So how have this acknowledgement, right? It's important also to be acknowledged for the work that we do. 
how it has impacted your mission and the visibility of indigenous woman-owned business in the beauty industry or in the entrepreneurship landscape in general? Yeah, I mean, there there's a, an interesting thing that happens, actually. Part of the generational trauma that comes along with, you know, in my experience, um, is always sort of craving a recognition that that you're doing something right and and that also comes with i think being a woman where you know you don't necessarily feel like you're accomplishing any, anything unless you're getting recognition for it and that sort of changed for me weirdly enough after i got the awards because it wasn't so much as a personal achievement as really an achievement for indigenous women so especially in the beauty industry, um, Jen Harper is a great example of a woman who, you know, has been breaking barriers and, you know, the glass ceiling and everything. Yeah. And, and she's a huge role model of mine. But I but I like when she also talks about, you know, it's a collective and to have that recognition and knowing that in, Indigenous entrepreneurs are growing at a higher rate than any other Indigenous, or, or sorry, any other group right now of entrepreneurs in Canada. So mm-hmm. Indigenous people are really coming into the business world and, and to, to know that, you know, give people that voice that we're here and, you know, we need to have a little bit of extra um you know, a little bit of extra opportunity to make those initial jumps to get into the same, you know, the same playing field that other people are in. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. No, but listen, this this is very true and this is very interesting. And as you said at the beginning, you are representing the voice of uh, Indigenous women and the voice of women as well, which is uh, very important in my opinion. As a woman entrepreneur, as a, an indigenous woman entrepreneur, what are some of the challenges that you faced uh, while launching and, and more importantly scaling? Because now you have a scaled business, right? Most of women entrepreneurs, uh, they don't go to that phase, right? They don't reach the scaling phase in their business. So what are some of the challenges and the lessons learned that you would like to share with us when it comes to scaling your business as a woman entrepreneur? Yeah, challenges. I mean, the most obvious, I guess, is financial. You know, I was, I had my business for probably five years and I needed a new vehicle. And I actually went to go, you know, we went to go do the financing and, and they, I I couldn't even finance my own vehicle. I had to have a co-signer still, Um, you know, having credit. I, because of my past, I, you know, I didn't have any assets and I didn't have a very good credit history. It wasn't that I had a bad one. I just didn't really have a history. So so getting into that world and having, I actually found an Indigenous organization called Pitagosan that actually really helped us. And they put the trust in us that we were going to, you know, be able to repay what we were doing. Um, so yeah, financially, I think there just was no base to it and and still scaling we're having issues we we have found some actual opportunities and i'd love to share with any other indigenous um organizations if i can the opportunities that i've found um you know staffing resources i think we have a lot of challenges that are kind of across the board as well supply chain issues have been happening mm-hmm. um 
you know, one of the biggest things that I really wanted to do when I very first started was have a whole staff of Indigenous women working for me. And and even that, I mean, all those other women are finding the same, are, are sorry, experiencing the same barriers that I was experiencing, you know, so transportation is an issue. Um, sometimes it's addiction and, you know, babies to take care of. And there's lots of issues. So we actually have about a 30% Indigenous um, uh employee rate but yeah I mean it's a lot of it is just more personal struggles mental health um, making sure that you're taking care of family issues and stuff so a lot more I think personal challenges compared to maybe other um, okay yeah yeah external, compared to external factor you believe that based on your own yeah. experience that the personal challenges are the ones mm -hmm. that may hinder uh, the progress of women indigenous entrepreneurs compared to external factors because somehow external factors can be figured out right i want to say even though it's challenging and it can be very hard it can be figured at table do we say this word but we can figure it out anyway yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah like dealing and, and overcoming personal challenges uh, especially uh, given the history uh, of of the challenges, personal challenges that the indigenous community, it's well known across Canada, has been uh, uh, facing. Indeed, this is something that so we need to take into consideration and working on ourselves even before thinking of building and growing something else. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that fully. Even trust. I mean, building. You know, to learn to how to trust people was a huge issue that I had. You know. <laughs> So yeah, getting counseling and, and having a mentor or somebody that you can always talk to, I really recommend that. And where do you think this lack of trust was coming from? Everything, even from, you know, having an alcoholic mother for most of my childhood. You know, you never really know. Nothing was stable. There was no stability in any of the choices uh, moving around. And, you know, sometimes there wouldn't even be food to eat. And, and so when the people that are the closest to you are hard to trust, you know, being able to trust somebody who isn't close to you is even harder. So, but I've, I've learned to, you know, I, I've learned that those were, you know, isolated incidences and, and, and I definitely have overcome a lot of that, but, but yeah, I mean, it's a reality that was a reality in my life for sure. And thank you for sharing all of that with us. Um, for the young entrepreneurs listening to us, uh, what did, what advice would you give them, you know, on the way they can they can align entrepreneurship, uh, scaling a business and sustainability? I know you discussed about it during the, the, the panel uh, when you were sitting on the panel and I would love you to share it with us because sustainability is, is at the heart of the youngest generation. Even for us, I'm a millennial and sustainability is very important in everything that I do. And when I want to buy from a company also, I'm looking into the sustainability practice of those companies. But as a young entrepreneur and when you don't have like that flow of money, it, it is still a challenge, you know, to be able to build something that is aligned with what you want to achieve and the impact that you want to make. So what would be your advice to young entrepreneurs or even existing entrepreneurs who want to put sustainability at the heart of their business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is really education. So learning what sustainability is, we all have our general kind of 
you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to put this into the recycling bin. But often you can get something what's called wish cycling, where people are throwing things into the recycling bin and it actually all gets thrown out because some of the items don't belong there. So really learning uh, what sustainability, and then and that's free. So you don't have to pay for education. You can get that on the internet. There's, look at the, um, you know, in Edmonton, we have like uh, Waste Edmonton something, and, and you can always Google it and figure out, you know, what is acceptable in your area. And that's all 100% free. So you're everything from cardboard to glass, plastic, all of that stuff. So, so you can look at it kind of in two senses, what's going out of your business is what's coming into your business. So what's going out is a little bit easier and a little bit less costly. Um, so then, yeah, once you kind of research and learn, you know, then you can create some strategies and some goals. Having some goals to work towards is my biggest tip um, for entrepreneurs wanting to put more sustainability into their business. Because if you don't have something to work towards, you sort of always just you know, it, it it can really easily fall to the wayside when you're making other decisions. And it, and it can get a little bit expensive if you're not doing it properly. So having the right ways to go about it um, will really make a difference for your cost. Something as simple as packaging, do a little bit of research, you know, often we've found uh, more sustainable packaging actually to be less uh, costly than a big flamboyant, colorful plastic type packaging. So and, and also reach out, reach out to people, you know, like myself, other sustainable companies, uh, they would be more than happy. We're actually also, I mentioned a B Corp. So B Corp is, uh, yeah, it's a conglomerate of businesses that put that legally, we, we're legally obligated to put people and the environment ahead of every decision that we make. So that organization is an amazing organization to reach out to. They have loads of information on things that you can do. And um, yeah, I think that's the easiest way to do it is, is the goals for sure. Yeah, educate yourself. Use Google. Google is free. YouTube is free. <laughs> educate yourself. And once you feel like you have acquired enough, logic, enough knowledge, then set up goals, right? Very important. And reach out to people, you know. Look mm -hmm. at entrepreneurs who are doing it, you know, and ask for advice. Um, it can be as simple as that, right? And it can have a, a greater, a great impact in your initiative. Talking about impact, Vanessa, what would you like to be remembered for? Oh, I love that question so much. Um, really, I think the biggest thing that I want to be remembered for is, is being an amazing parent that that's something that, you know, I struggled with my, my children are 18 years apart. So my son lived through my hardest addiction years. And, and I think that's the thing that I carry the most is um, knowing that, that I didn't break that cycle when he was younger and that that really affected him. So personally, I think that that's my, my biggest want uh, professionally, really that we made a difference. We made a difference in people's lives we made them happy, you know, we gave them something that, that makes them feel like they're a part of a bigger movement. Um, first of all, I mean, you know, giving people fabulous hair, <laughs> the biggest thing, but, but really that we had, a, we made a difference on the environment and that we made a difference in, in all the women that I employ absolutely hundred percent that I made a difference in their lives and also just our customer base and anybody that supports us and gets to follow us and, and, you know, come along for the journey. 
Love it. How do you see the landscape changing for indigenous women entrepreneurs in the future? I think there's a lot more awareness that um, that indigenous entrepreneurs are incredible uh women especially of course I mean uh, not that they're all <laughs> of course they all are but I, I I'm a huge advocate for women um yeah I mean it's it's changing people are aware that we're here we're breaking onto the scene uh there are more grants and money coming available and I think the trust level is there I I you know, there is a stigma around Indigenous people, you know, that there is a lot of alcoholism. And, and I feel like there is a trust level that needs to be created between Indigenous people and the rest of, you know, the people in Canada and, you know, witnessing that, that we're breaking through that. And, and, you know, it's a small piece of the, the culture. Absolutely. I mean, no, sorry, not that that's the culture, but it's just a small piece. You know, it, it has really nothing to do with the Indigenous culture whatsoever, just as mm -hmm. a side effect. So yeah, I, I, good things are coming. Lots of, there's a lots of incredible women that are coming out that I'm, I'm very aware of. And, and yeah, we're going to see some really amazing artists coming out as well. Ooh, yes, because the art is part of, of, of the indigenous culture, right? And so uh, I find it beautiful to see the many different ways that art can be expressed, uh, the dance, the painting, the music, and how it can also be transformed into a business, right? Through the work that you do at Jack 51, 59, sorry, Jack 59, it is still a form of art, right? Because you are creating something ultimately to give people amazing hair yes but to create a mo that cre you create something that creates emotions you see what i mean and this mm -hmm. is a form of art right yeah absolutely I, I love that you say that because i feel like it's very artistic what we do um, but and then also we also get to incorporate actual indigenous artists so uh, we have a line called dreams that is our children's line Uh, it's orange for every child matters and the full proceeds of that line are donated back to indigenous organizations and the artwork on that packaging is done by an artist named Tristan Jenny who is located here in Edmonton i believe her instagram is at tristan jenny art and she and she actually also did my tattoo which is like absolutely amazing. So she incorporated pieces of the artwork into the packaging. And, and it's really, that really makes it even more dear to me to know that it's a piece of me as well. But um, yeah, I'm absolutely honored to have her artwork on our packaging. Vanessa, what can we wish you for the future? <laughs> um, uh, you know, that feels like... I. I appreciate the thought and I always feel I still, that's one of the things that I think I really need to work on is, you know, I, I always focus on wishing things for other people. So, you know, health and, you know, well-being and, and growth and what we're, we're trying to, um, what we're trying to do. Vanessa, thank you so much for your time and for being so generous with us, for sharing your story. You, you take care. You stay safe. Thank you so much, my dear. Bye.